Hey everybody, welcome back to the BMB Grad Podcast. I'm Allie. And I'm Grace. And this week we're going to be talking about how to prepare for an interview, how to end an interview, and some general things to look out for, um, both green flags and red flags. So we hope you enjoy. So Grace, tell me a little bit about how to prepare for an interview from the BME grad perspective. So first things first, you should research the company, see what they're about. You probably already did this when you applied to the job, but do it again, refresh your memory. You've been applying a lot of places, so refresh your memory. Um, if they are a pharmaceutical company, look at all the drugs that they make. If they are you know, um, a medical device company, look at the devices that they're doing. Uh, you know, Whatever it is, make sure you understand what that company's main focus is. And then um, from that, understanding the job role, whether that's looking up similar job titles um, on LinkedIn or the internet to see kind of if there's any you know responsibilities listed to give you a better idea of what the job role is um because you're never going to fully know what it means right so once you have that's going to take a good chunk of time too right so that's kind of first things first you want to understand the company and understand what the job you are interviewing for is all about and then once you do that then you can start thinking about how the interview is going to go itself so you have that background and then you can kind of um, think and anticipate, and they might even tell you how your interview might go, whether this is going to be, you know, over the phone, in a panel interview, and a one-on-one, over Zoom now, and then you can anticipate kind of more specific questions based on that kind of style. And this is also dependent on the job role, right? So if, if you're going for a more technical role, they may have given you a technical exam. They may ask you more technical questions. If you're going for a more, you know, behavioral, managerial, marketing role, it'll be more behavioral questions or just different focuses. I think it's good that you mentioned the medium that the interview is going to be in specifically with regards to technical job interviews. So like, you know, if you're doing a Zoom interview for a technical job, they might just ask you to talk about your technical experiences. But if you're in person, you know, or in front of a room of people, they might ask you to present something or, you know, do something on the spot on a, on a whiteboard. So getting yourself like you said, like anticipating how that might go and then thinking about that mixed in with the job role is a really good way to prep. Yes. And also if you're doing consulting, you check out our consulting episode for how to kind of prepare for that case interview, because that'll be something else. So yeah, understanding what they're going to ask you kind of based on the job role and the medium and all that. And, and um, they might even ask you if it's in person, they might even ask you to like bring in a project. Um, I heard someone had to bring in like a little circuit that they soldered, which is not the typical thing to do, but it's a, they'll let you know. If you have a panel interview uh, over Zoom or in person or whatever, that's kind of overwhelming. You have several different people talking to you. Um, maybe it's a panel interview over over the phone um, and there, you don't even have facial expressions or anything like that. And it's just a room full of people listening to you speak on the phone. If they give you people that you can research beforehand, if you can research your interviewers, then definitely go forth and do that. You know, look them up on LinkedIn. Where are they from? What schooling do they have? Do all of them have a master's degree? 
Um, are they all from the same undergrads? What kind of skills are they looking for in their LinkedIn recommendations? If they give LinkedIn recommendations to other people and they really highlight that this organization is their number one you know, skill they're looking for, then you can promote that in your interview. If your interviewers are in the same department as you, then again, pay attention to the schooling. Um, if everyone on your team has a chemical engineering degree or a mechanical engineering degree, then that's something that'll indicate that that's what they want in a candidate. Those are the skills that they're kind of looking for in that role. I think all these things you mentioned are great. Like, and, and taking it a step further of like, okay, I observed that they said this about this person in our LinkedIn recommendation. What does that tell me about their values? Okay, I observed they're in this geography. What does that tell me about what time it will be for them when they are interviewing me? You know, just even like understanding, like greeting them on the right time zone or understanding like that they might be, you know, somewhere at 9 p.m. when it's 10 a.m. for you. So making all those mental notes when you're researching your panel interviewers, but also taking it a step further and saying, what does this imply about either the person or the situation or what they're looking for from me? It's, it's not going to like win you the job, but it's those little details that really set you apart and show that you're a little bit more considerate and a little bit more observant for that. Um, and I if you have anything you can use to relate to them, you know, in the yeah. interview uh, that you found out by looking at their LinkedIn profile, that's a bonus. And as a previous, like I've interviewed someone before and when I noticed they looked at my LinkedIn profile ahead of time, I'm like bonus points, way to prepare. I don't look mm -hmm. at it as like a weird thing. And I don't think anyone else does. I think it shows diligence, especially doing it in advance, not like five minutes before. Definitely. Definitely. One thing uh, that you can also, again, this is only really relevant if it, they're in the same department, but pay attention to the job levels that the people that are interviewing you um, are at. Uh, you know, if people are at senior engineer, whatever, or, you know, engineer one, um, it'll kind of show, or like associate engineer or whatever. Um, pay attention to that because, you know, they may not be your direct boss, but if they're higher up, then they may be delegating work to you and they may be, you know, pulling you into different projects to help out with. And so in the interview, you can kind of tell who might be assigning you work and projects. And if you don't love the behavior and mannerisms of some of them, then like that's maybe an indication of the company culture that you might not be a good fit with or managing expectations for different um, project styles uh, within your team. But again, that's only if they're in the same department. So... Now you have all that, you have your research, you have, you feel good about understanding what the company does and who you're, who's interviewing you and what the job role actually means. It now is what? time, it is time for self-reflection. Okay, let's hear it. You want to make sure that you match the qualifications on the job uh, posting which, you know, you, you did that when you did your resume and cover letter and submitted it and got the interview, but be ready to talk to those things. You said you're qualified to do and provide examples and also be able to cover your weaknesses or cover the things you're lacking in terms of being ready to justify the things you might be missing if they come up or how you would mitigate it or, you know, emphasizing positive traits that I'm a quick learner, demonstrating your ability to make up for those things you may be lacking in the qualification section of the job posting, even though you got the interview. 
We also have a big long list of questions they might ask that we put together from things we've been asked. Grace, if you want to go ramble those off. Yeah, this will be a quick list. <laughs> um, so these are general questions that both of us have compiled over our several different interviews over the years. Um, but so they'll ask, they'll probably ask you about some of the projects and relevant work experience of yours that you have listed on your resume. Um, and they might ask you, you know, from those projects, like, what made you decide to do BME in undergrad? Why did you come to this university? Why did you decide to do this internship or that internship? And or why did you not do an internship? And why did you do research? Um, so trying to understand like why things are listed on your resume, kind of getting to know you a little bit better. Another question is the the greatest, what's your biggest weakness and how do you mitigate this? We're all going to have a problem. So it's, they really just want to focus on how do you mitigate this and how do you make sure that this doesn't become a problem? Um, another good one is why do you want to work here? Why are you interested in this company or this um, role? Or this role? Exactly. And, you know, that's up to you to decide how to answer that, but it can be a little off-putting if you're not expecting it. It's like, well, what do you mean? I applied. I obviously want this, but like, no, you need to show that you want this and explain why you want it. Um, the ever dreaded, tell me about yourself. Dun, dun, dun. Big open-ended question. Okay. Side note on this, like how, you know, it, it, and you got to read cues to how personal slash professional do they want this? I think there's a line because you don't want to just start listing off your resume items that they've already reviewed. You also don't want to be like, I was born in a wee town and <laughs> wee country. Like you need to kind of like blend those two. So for tell me about yourself, I usually like to start with like why I decided to go to, you know, where I'm from this area, period. I decided to go to this college to study this because of you know, this passion, um, at college, I engaged in X, Y, and Z activities, like one sentence, not, you know, a paragraph. Like I generally did, you know, startups and internships in my free time. And I'm just really passionate about women's health. I'm really Aesthetic. passionate about women's health, medical and devices, and medical devices. And that's Pharma. why I, I, I'm here. Um, so that's a little bit about me, you know, like five or six sentences. That's usually like the appropriate timeline I like to cover. And it, it gives them a sense from like where you're from, kind of why you took your little path that you took and then why you're sitting in front of them that day. It's a little personal. It's a little professional. It's not too much on either end, in my opinion. But that's, I mean, that's good because people can go way too personal, way too quickly and it's uncomfortable. Well, I've done both, you know, like I've gone too professional and I've gone too personal and, and then you kind of see their face kind of drift off. Like, oh, I'm not listening anymore yeah. either in either direction. So I think that's like the most, uh, the best middle ground approach I would say in my I humble opinion. <laughs> No, I agree. I think it's a really good, it is a good middle approach, but I, my opinion is that if you cannot walk that middle ground, err on the side of professionalism. And if, because that can be a hard line to walk, but you'll, you, it'll be less weird in my opinion, if you just, if you err on the side of professionalism for that, they can always get to know you later once they hire you on the, in the job. Okay. Um, another good question that they'll probably ask you is how do you handle conflict in the workplace? Or tell me about a time that you worked with someone that didn't go well and how did you handle it? Or, Basically, or like, a group project. Right, right. Yeah. 
Um, and how did you handle it? Basically, like, how do you mitigate this conflict resolution? Um, whether that's, you know, a straight up methodology or an example of a time that you did that. And kind of hand in hand, what's the biggest lesson that you've learned from a past project? And that can be, you know, a success story that could be conflict resolution mitigation, or it could be if it's a technical role, maybe like, oh, this hypothesis worked after this and this and this study. That's kind of a, again, a social cue thing in that interview. I have to be honest, like those like that list, that short list of questions you just mentioned, I have been asked that specific question about like something not going well or learning from something that went bad in every single interview I've been in, which has shocked me actually. And the first time I was asked it, I really didn't have a good answer. I just, I like remembered how something went bad. And then I was like, and then it ended. So I guess I didn't resolve it. So like, this is a good question to have in here to prepare for, because I guarantee it will come up in like 80% of interviews. Yeah, it'll, it'll definitely come up. And it, it's a good way if you have it prepped, it's a good way to like have a little success story. Or, you know, I, I learned it from this project. And now I was able to implement it and it, the next project went better or something like that. Um, and the last question that we have is, um, what are some techniques that you employ to make sure that you hit your deadlines and can handle a heavy workload? Um, every job is going to keep you busy. And they want to make sure that you're hitting deadlines and and making sure that you can handle it or if you can delegate it or whatever so you can show maybe some leadership skills or organizational skills or whatever whatever with that kind of a question yep all right so so you just did your self-reflection uh previously you had thought about the logistics of your interview and the style of the interview previously you had done your research I think the last thing to do in terms of prep is your what I like to call mindset mantras, those things you tell yourself to remember like thematically as you talk throughout your interview and the way you carry yourself. So things like I am qualified for this um, in a positive way, you deserve to be there. I mean, if they're spending the time to interview, you probably are qualified. The other thing is I can help you making sure to portray in a humble way that you're capable, but also very like devoted to helping them achieve their goals. Another thing that you want to portray is I am a team player. I work with teams. I'm dedicated to the success of the group and the mission. And I don't need to be managed. I'm self-sufficient. I'm a self-starter. You don't need to manage me, which is different than being trained or going for guidance, but nobody wants to hire somebody that needs to be tracked and managed. Um, So those are the things I would try to convey. Qualified, willing to help, is a team player, and you don't need to worry about me. I'm going to get things done. So uh, that was all preparing for interview. I think it's also good to think about how you're going to end the interview in that preparation. Grace, you have a couple tips on like ending the interview and kind of what you can see coming up when you end the interview. Yeah, 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 definitely. So you got through the interview. Congrats. Now we're ending it, right? And they're going to ask you. <laughs> I mean, it is. It's a lot to get through. Congrats. Seriously. I hope you um, wore deodorant. <laughs> I hope you wore deodorant. That's funny. Um, so now you're at the end. Um, so to show for for your information, but also to show them that you're prepared and and interested and you know reliable and everything, um, ask for a timeline or a follow up so that you can set expectations. If they don't, um, you know, if they say that they're going to reach out to you within two weeks and they do, that's great. If they say that they're going to be like, oh, well, we're not really sure. We're still like interviewing other people. So like give us 
a month and we'll get reached back out to you, then it's good to know. Um, if they don't, if they don't follow up with you in that set timeline, then it is appropriate to reach back out about the decision. But if they say, give us a week, then give them a week. That doesn't mean that you can't follow up with them though. Um, that's just about following up about the interview. After the interview, you want to follow up with them about like, thank you so much for meeting me in, in, in LinkedIn or an email. You could even write a card. Um, right. Like so. checking on their decision is different from thanking them for their time. You should definitely be thanking them for their time. You should wait the, until the amount of time they said in their answer to your question to follow up on their decision if they don't. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and you can do that. So the thanking them for the time, LinkedIn, an email, you could even write a hand note, handwritten card. Um, I've heard of people bringing a gift to the office as like a, like sending like a box of donuts or a box of pastries <laughs> to the <laughs> office as like, thanks for interviewing with me. You could even bring that to the interview if you like really want to schmooze them up. I mean, that's who I would give the job to. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, you can do that and it, it might go over pretty well. Um, but back to the end of the interview. So follow up with them afterwards, but um, at the end of the interview you should have at least two questions prepared for them um they'll probably be like yeah do you have any questions for us and you should have at least two questions prepared um to ask them and one of them can be a timeline and then but it also can be job specific um for whatever questions you want to ask i mean think of some killer questions because and I think we did that in our interview tips episode with yes Benson. we listed a couple of killer questions but Think of some killer questions of, you know, things that are not already going to get covered while you had your, you know, hour long conversation. Think of some more obscure things that you're curious about that you could have in your back pocket to just, you know, to show that you're kind of like being thoughtful about all aspects of the role in the company. Definitely. Um, and also at the end, you might need to talk about salary. Sometimes that can come up. So be ready. Yeah, just have just be prepared. You you might not have to talk about it, but be, be prepared just in case. Yeah. And then the last thing that we want to talk about with you guys is um, some things to look out for during the interview, good and bad. So, uh, you know, this is an interview. I think we've said before, like you are interviewing them just like they're interviewing you. So here is our quick list of things that we think that you should be watching out for during this interview. Yeah. Things that would like pertain to you enjoying your time there or your manager there. You can pick up on some cues from the interview that can help you gauge like whether it's going to be good for you long-term. So you want to kick off our list? Yeah, sure, sure. So this is all like, this is part about like culture mismatch. So like there's, you know, things in the interview that they may, they may mention. And it's like, oh, I wish like the culture was a little bit more relaxed about this aspect, or I wish, you know, um, I had heard more about career development opportunities or, uh, other kind of development opportunities outside of careers, you can kind of pick up a little bit about like if interviewers are not really interested in your interests. And I don't mean to say like that you're interested in hockey. I mean to like say like interested in like this kind of career development or this kind of job role. If they just want to hire somebody that like fills their shoes rather than seeing you as a holistic person because a good interviewers and good bosses want to see you as a whole person they want to see you get the work done but they also want to make sure that you're a happy employee and that can be shown a couple of different ways introducing you around the office if they give you a tour of the office making sure that you're being introduced to everybody and kind of shown around making sure that you're like kind of included and then 
understanding from the interview, like kind of what the management style is going to be to see if that is a good match with you as well. Ooh, okay. So I have some thoughts on this. I think a good, a good manager is going to make sure you understand their management style. If they're a hands-on or a hands-off or somewhere in between, they'll probably bring up like, Hey, this is my management style. That person's going to kind of be determining the direction of your job function. And they might, you know, you might want a manager that's more hands-on with you, or you might want a manager that kind of like lets you do your own thing and doesn't like, you know, if you're like pretty extreme and can't handle any micromanagement, you might want somebody that's very hands-off. So um, I think a good manager will let you know what they're like, so you can gauge if that'll work for you as well. I also think good managers will not put you on a time limit for asking questions at the end. Like, let's say your interview is booked for an hour. They'll be like, ask as many questions as you want. We can run over. Like you have my time and attention. It's just as important that you get your questions answered as it is that I get mine answered. Or, you know, if they really are up against the clock, that they offer to answer more of your questions offline on an email or at another time. Uh, but just making sure that a good manager will give you the space to ask whatever you need to ask to understand the job and the company and the culture. And also making sure that they, that you understand them, like checking in, checking in with them or like, you know, in, you know, maybe you ask them a question about how a certain job function works or whatever. And at the end of it, they check in and make sure that you aren't because sometimes, you know, when like the higher ups interview you, you're like, you like are afraid to ask something and you're like nodding yes, but like you're too intimidated, but like a good manager would be like, right. Did you get that? Like asking follow-up questions to make sure that you like understood and are comfortable with that kind of a, that kind of yeah, a thing. Yeah. Like you're, you're beginning that, like your manager's going to teach you things along the way. So like, that's your very first time of being taught something. And if they talk in a level that you can't understand, but then, you know, like a, they should be talking at a level that you can understand. But even if you don't, if they're making sure that you do like doing checkpoints with you along the way, as you walk through whatever you're discussing to make sure you're getting it. Um, that's key. Cause that's kind of what you're going to want in terms of guidance when you're in your job function. Um, so whether they're asking you directly or kind of just giving, like allowing you to have the vulnerability to ask dumb follow-up questions. And then the last thing that we think you should keep an eye out for is um, power plays in a panel interview. This can be done subtly or outrightly, but it can kind of really give you a good understanding of how that culture is going to work in the company. Is one person in the panel interview dominating the entire thing? Are people like trying to like fight for the lead? Are people steamrolling other people and like only only allowing their questions to get through that kind of a thing? And again, hopefully that doesn't happen to you, but like it can, and it can lend a little bit of insight into the culture generally. Yeah. And like our, our, you know, lower totem pole employees with less decision-making power, are their voices still being heard in the panel interview? Um, is your manage is the person that might be your manager not li- not like letting them get a word in edgewise? Because um, you know, P.S. That's what they're going to do to you. So that's a good thing to pay attention to. On on the positive side, though, you know, it's it speaks really well to a company if you have a panel of all these people that were picked to be there at all job levels, and everyone's being valued in the same way and given the same amount of time to talk to you. Um, so it can be a really positive experience as well to be in a panel interview and see that, that, um, play out. 
it can also, especially if um, the panel is between different departments, it can also kind of give you a little, like a little bit of an indication of how the different departments interact with each other. Mm. Yeah, word. Thanks for putting this together, Grace. Nice summary of like how to prep and end an interview and things to look out for in between for yourself. So go kill your interview now that you feel prepped and ready for it. The BME Grad Podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. For more information on the BME Grad Podcast, visit bme.unc.edu. Right now, you can find that information under the News and Events tab. If you can, please subscribe or follow and leave a review. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.